everybody. Welcome back to the wine up. I'm your host, Kiara. And I'm your co-host, Press. All right. So, nigga, what are we drinking today? Bitch. <laughs> today we are drinking Stella Rosa's Stella Rosso. We got us a red today. Yes, a red bone. The red bone. Stay woke. Stop it. Oh, okay. Just stop bad. it. All right. So, um, today we're going to discuss mental health in the black community. Child. Right? Woo, child. Mental health in the community of Negras. Woo, child. The non-existent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's trash as fuck. So, we're going to start out with this. Prez, what was your family's thoughts on mental health? What's mental health? <laughs> you better mentally get your shit together before I whoop your ass. That's my family's thoughts. Oh, um, we don't. We didn't discuss it growing up. I mean, granted, now I feel like there's more of an understanding. But growing up, there was no discussion. It wasn't no mental health. Like, no, you just acting up. That's your problem. Oh, oh, you depressed? No, you just a badass. So I'm gonna depress this belt on your ass. Why black people always gotta blame something gotta on your fight. ass? Right. You got ADD? Well, I'm gonna add this belt to your ass. You right. What the fuck? Shit. Or my favorite. Uh, you can't pay attention in class, but uh, you can memorize all these goddamn math, these lyrics. Child, I don't be having time. <laughs> so for me. For me, I'm just gonna steal your shit from here on out. Is that that for okay? me is mine, bro. But it's I for like me. It. It's not for you. It's oh. for me, <laughs> not you. <laughs> but um, my family's thoughts on mental health. Um, they, I mean, we always were able to ar- express ourselves, but um, I really don't feel like I was encouraged to go to therapy until I moved out of my parents' house and moved in with my aunt. And she was also very, like, she felt like I needed an unbiased opinion Opinion. Mm -hmm. about the things I was going through. Because, you know, sometimes you can't go to your parents about shit that bothers you. So my aunt always was like, you need to go to therapy because you need someone who's not attached to the problem for you to talk to. I mean, which is just facts. Because I would have to agree because parents... They can't put themselves, they just naturally cannot put themselves in your situation. They're going to assume it's something else. And parents, I feel like, don't want to face the fact that maybe this is a deeper issue. Yeah. Because I guess maybe parents feel like they're a failure, I guess. Maybe they look at it as like they fucked up in some type of way, which is why they don't really face it with the kids. You know what I mean? I could agree. Yeah, so... Also dealing with, you know, lack of privacy, not being able to maybe sometimes you want to deal with things on your own. Like I didn't have, I had a diary, but it wasn't a diary to the extent of I could just write my shit out and niggas wasn't going to go look at it. Like, yeah, you know how they used to have the diaries with the lock and the key and all that lock, what key? I didn't even have a diary. I I couldn't even use a composition book if it wasn't for school. (laughs) Like, what you trying to write that? I remember, bro, I used to write poetry. And I wrote a poem that was like, airing my family out. And it was supposed to just be for me. So, I mean, it was going to be all right. Do you know my mama went all through that composition? I mean, she read everything. Oh, no. And then she whooped my ass. (laughs) (laughs) 
Which I hate is black America's answer for everything. Beat that ass. Beat that ass whooping. And belt to ass. That's Kills it. everything. That's it. Oh, you too sick to go to school? Mm. Or how about I whoop your ass? Mm, no, what? I feel better. I'm good. I'm good. What? Fuck this strep throat. What the fuck? <laughs> fuck that. Fuck that. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so, the next thing I want to talk about was basically the generational pass down of pain. Mm. And what I mean by that is our parents went through a lot and their parents mm-hmm. went through a lot and their parents went through a lot. And instead of working through it, talking to someone about it, we kind of just like suck it the fuck up and then give it to our kids. And then our kids give it to their kids and our, their kids give it to their kids. And then you run into a situation where it's now at a white head about to burst because we've got the weight of our parents and their parents and their parents before them on our shoulders and we have no outlet. You know what I mean? That's facts. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I never really like sat and thought about it like that. But when you think about it, that is, that's facts. Like you're right. You're absolutely right. And it's like a lot of the ways that our parents deal with stuff or lack thereof, it translates into the way we don't deal with stuff. And now we don't like to, like, I know for me, I don't know how to communicate my feelings. Mm. because my parents thing was you know you gotta always kind of you can't let other people know what you're going through you gotta just you gotta be okay you can break down or something in the comfort of your own home but to everybody else you gotta just be okay yeah 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 like so so for me with my family we have like they call it like like a generational curse almost where like everybody gets pregnant early so like not that it's pressure Let to not find out get... you got the best birth control in the world. Yeah, my ba- that birth control was my grandma's story. <laughs> like, baby girl, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we had the, you know, the, the struggle of like, you know, your parents went through all this shit, so you don't have to go through shit. And then if you go through shit, it's not valid because it ain't half as bad as the shit that they had yeah. to fucking deal yeah. with. So it's almost like what you're dealing with is not even valid. It's not even worth you feeling any type of way about because... You know, to put it in the simplest example, your parents, a lot of people's parents, well, I had to walk through the snow for six miles just to get my left ass cheek just to get to the plantation where the cotton fields was frozen and we had to deep throw the cotton with our breath like it just the shit that was extreme. That shit is exhausting. It's like, yeah, okay, you went through that, but I'm going through this, and just because it wasn't as bad as what you went through, I'm still going through But who's something. to even say it's not as bad? Just because you can't relate to it, don't make your struggle no worse than mine. That was the struggle of then. That's a non-factor today. That struggle does not exist today. Today's struggle is what I'm going through. Right. So, granted, you may feel like it's easy. That's okay for you to say. You're not going through it. You don't have to feel like that. You're not feeling depressed. And if you are, you probably don't even know how to identify that that is depression. You probably just feel like you having a bad day. Like, who's to say that what I'm going through now doesn't measure up to your pain? What makes your pain bigger than mine? Who who came up with that rule? According to who? Your black aunties and your grandparents. Well, they ain't got nothing to do with this. They don't, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Why would me and the 24 people in my head? Y'all don't know what we're going oh, through. It's shame. cramped in here. Tired as hot. <laughs> the AC broke last week. <laughs> shit, man. Shit, the AC fucking leaking and shit. We tired as fuck. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh shit. shit. So, <laughs> have you been to therapy? 
I went to the black version of therapy. I, I'll talk about it later. I didn't go to real therapy. <laughs> I didn't go see a certified trained therapist. No, I have not. No, um, I, I I wanted to in my older in my older age. Um, like recently, I wanted to start going to therapy. I started looking for therapists and stuff, but I have not gone to my first session yet. No, I have not. Well, y'all already know I did therapy. Um, um, I think that's amazing. Yeah, hell yeah, I needed that shit. I, I worked out a lot of shit, thankfully. Um, and you know, I even learned that. My therapist, I had to go to someone who reflected me. Yep. So, like, I started, I went to, oddly enough, my first therapist, and I love her, was a white Jewish woman. She was down as shit. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> now she was down as she shit. She was down as fuck. I she was trying like, to kill me, y'all. Oh, bitch. She was, I loved her. I loved her to death. But as was she a, down with? She down with OPP? I don't, yeah, you know me. <laughs> She was cool as fuck. Like, I really could relate to her. I don't know how. I don't know how, but I could just relate to her. But now I realize as I'm older, like, when I go look for therapists, I need a black female therapist that deals with and understands lesbian issues. I cannot go to a white white therapist, whether they're male or female, because they don't understand black issues. They don't understand how black children grow up they don't understand anything black you know and it, it's really really hard like i need someone who's like an auntie because yeah. i need yeah. you to know how i think and how maybe my parents thought so that i can sort shit out you know what i'm saying like i can agree i need to be able to talk to someone about every version of an ass whooping i got without them thinking i got abused i need to be able to talk about shit like that and so i gotta me, talk to somebody who didn't think discipline was gonna stand in the corner for 10 minutes you right don't get you know it. what i'm saying you don't get it so I think that was really important in, in finding um, a therapist. And I went through a lot of therapists. I actually just had a therapist. I made a boo-boo and I was going through something. So I settled for this white granola eating. Yes, granola. Yoga pants wearing. Who? Yoga pants. Yoga pants she wore wearing. She yoga pants Bitch. And her legs crossed up in a pretzel in a chair staring at me. Every other question was, so how do you feel? I feel like, bitch, if you don't tell me something I can use, I feel like I'm going to whoop your ass because I'm paying for this session. That's how I feel. Yeah, like, she kept giving me worksheets to do when I left her. And, like, when I told her about the fact that I'm a lesbian, I was dealing with issues from my ex. She was like, oh, you're gay. That's interesting. It's 2018, baby. It's not interesting no more. <laughs> it was interesting in 1965. It's not interesting anymore. <laughs> and um, she didn't. I really felt like she didn't know how to respond to a lot of things I was experiencing. And, and I ended up, didn't. I stopped going. I just cold turkey. I just said, I'd, I'd rather just not. I would rather be sad and depressed than keep talking to you and leave here feeling like I've packed on more. I feel like when I leave a therapy session, I got to be drained because I need, I need to have expressed so much that I'm just left empty and yeah. I just go home and yeah. go to sleep. And I, I never got that from her. I left feeling more anxious and more pissed off that I just sat there for 45 minutes and talked to somebody and there was no end result except for you want me to work on this worksheet. Bitch, I am 26 years old. I have not done homework in how many years? Don't play with me. <laughs> that shit was awful. I didn't do homework when I was supposed to be doing homework. Oh, so shit. I hope you don't think I'm supposed to do this. Do this shit. I'm paying you. Do you give me homework? 
I'll do it 10 minutes before my next session like I did in class. And I didn't do it then. And I, I the <laughs> fuck you thought. So um, I think when you're looking for therapists, when you do eventually go to a therapist, make sure you get someone who reflects you so you don't spend more time explaining what something means and leaving there feeling more pissed off than anything else. No, I would have to agree because even when I, when I started looking for therapists, as I was looking, uh, I knew I wanted somebody close in age, not too old enough to have some experience, but young enough to still understand my issues of my generation. I wanted somebody black. I knew I wanted a woman. Um, there were certain things that I knew I had to have. And that's true because I need to feel like I can connect with you. And if I don't feel like I'm going to be able to connect with you in any way, or you're not going to get it. Well, shit, for all that, I can go talk to my mama. If I need to talk to somebody, that ain't going to get it. <laughs> no offense, mom. I love you, but you don't be getting it sometimes. You don't get it. All right, y'all, we're going to take a break. We'll be back to cover more topics. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So, um, a journalist by the name of Van Jones wrote that mental health trauma, PTSD, is so rampant in our community. Jones said jokingly that as scared as black folks are of cops, we're even more scared of therapists. Kara, how you feel about that? Um, oh, that wasn't even a good thought pop. Okay, you want to do that over. There you go. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel like black America have the, the same thing with therapists, kind of like they do with doctors. Like we don't want to know nothing about what's wrong with us. Like mm. we don't want to seek help. We, we view it as like, almost like it's a weakness to, to need to seek mental health for ourselves or mental help for ourselves, even so much so that it's almost like we don't want nobody to know our business and what's going on with our family. Like, we don't want to talk about the shit. Because if we talk about the shit, then it makes it real. And then we also have this idea that mental health problems uh, is, like a, is like a white problem. It's not a black problem. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Like, yes. White people got issues. We, we, don't have, we don't have mental health. We got to worry about shit like groceries and shit like that and how we're going to get through the next day. Like, we're not allowed to have mental issues. You know what I mean? It's like a a fucking annoying ass stigma. You know what I mean? No, I would have to agree. Um, we feel like everything can just be fixed within, like just fix it yourself. And how the hell I'm supposed to fix it. If I don't even know what the hell is wrong, I can't fix it. I'm lost. Or even if you don't even have the tools, sometimes you don't even have the tools to fix it. You don't know how to fix it. And that's facts. You know, sometimes when I'm, I'm deep in my mess, if I knew how to dig myself out of my mess, I wouldn't be in it. You ever thought about that? Like, that's true. Like, when I'm in this dark place, if I knew how not to be in this dark place, then I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't feel depressed. I wouldn't feel sad. If I knew, I, I can't identify what the issue is. That's the purpose of a therapist, to help me identify what's wrong. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the feeling of, you know, with, uh, with depression. I don't know if anybody else, I deal with, um, I deal with depression and I deal with um, anxiety and I have PTSD. 
And one thing about it is I get to feeling my worst when I feel trapped. And a lot of times when you feel trapped in your emotions, it's because you don't have the tools to get out. That's what being trapped is when you can't Mm -hmm. get out. And if you don't have the tools to get out, how the fuck do you get out? You know what I'm saying? So then you feel like I just have to sit here and suck it the fuck up silently and just, just deal with it. Like, look, put this smile on to get on about your day. That's, and that's the problem. And then let's say you want to go to your parents about it. Well, now it's, you know, uh, your parents think you're being dramatic or, you know, if you bottle it up, bottle it up, bottle it up. And it comes out at school or at work. Now you got an attitude and that's a fucking problem. Yep. Now I'm less i'm not heard now i got an attitude fucking problem so now the deeper issue is still yet again being overlooked i still can't talk about it so what do you do (laughs) you shut up and you put on your smile and you go on about your day which is not okay because so what ends up happening is at least with me and a lot of my friends in school like black community we don't believe in not all of us but some of us our parents didn't believe in getting us tested and by tested i mean adhd add bipolar disorder depression anxiety all these things affect kids which leads back to those being white problems or our parents didn't want us to be um stigmatized or you know judged or labeled when sometimes you need to be fucking labeled so you can know what's wrong is I'm not acting out because I'm, you know, I'm bad and I I misbehave. I might be acting out because I'm bored as fuck or I can't pay attention and shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would have to agree. There's a song. You ever seen the movie Beyond the Lights? No, I never watched it. Child, listen. Beyond (laughs) the Lights, let me tell you. Between that movie and that soundtrack, it got me through some things. Okay. There's a song on there called um, Fly Before You Fall. And it's, there's a lyric that says, you're a tower of strength when you're breaking down, but through the wall, I can feel your cry. And it's like, as black people, we feel like we always have to be okay. You have to be, you have to be strong. And that, that lyric kind of makes me feel indifferent because why is it, if I break down openly, why is that still not strength? Why is it only considered strength when I can push past it or when i can suppress it and still get it done you get what i'm saying oh i'm gonna explain that see we're gonna talk about that shit later on hold on one of those times put it on sticky note ah put Ah. it up Ah. all right because that's definitely a thing that we deal with in the community is having to be strong and sometimes you're just not strong at all you shouldn't have to feel bad about needing to just break down sometimes you you got to break down yeah you do yeah and i can say like even just recently like within the last couple of weeks i don't know if you noticed but i've been really depressed i've been really like i felt my life is very stagnant i felt lately that i felt really out of control i felt like i didn't have any forward movement with the podcast i couldn't figure out how to project that i couldn't I don't want to be at my job anymore. So it's starting to feel like I'm sabotaging myself at work. I don't do my makeup. as I mean, you've noticed I don't do my makeup as much anymore. I really don't do my hair like that. Like, I don't know how I mustered these panda ears today. I don't know how I picked this fro out. I don't know how I beat this face. But, you know, I, to the point where people at my job was like, Carrie, you letting yourself go. And it's just like, I've 
felt so out of whack and out of mm-hmm. touch and out of place and I've been scaring myself and um I did bring it up to someone which is going to lead me into my next point and they were like you know you pray about it <laughs> what what prayer not the answer to everything it's not it's not like and I'm, I, I, I am a firm believer in prayer and do not get me wrong but um hell even the bible say faith without works is dead mm. so y'all can pray about it all day but okay now you've prayed about it now what you gonna do to try and fix it i can't you can't just pray one thing i like that willie f used to say is he said god is not your cosmic santa claus yeah you can't just pray and ask for stuff and feel like you're not supposed to do nothing you okay now i prayed about it now god just come on through and you're not supposed to do nothing no you gotta you gotta add to that prayer otherwise you're just talking right right so with that i have a huge pet peeve with people who feel like god can fix it all do you feel like god can fix it all i do feel like god can fix it all but i feel like he doesn't fix it in the way people try to project just because god can fix it all by he gives you the tools so that it can be fixed perfect example there was a there was a um as a story not so long ago a, a play story about a man that was drowning dude came by in a little rowboat like hey you need some help dude like no no i'm good god's gonna save me uh another coast guard came by hey you need some help no no no, i'm fine i'm fine god's gonna save me somebody else came by hey you need some help no i'm fine i'm fine god's gonna save me and he drowned and when he got to heaven when he got to heaven he asked he said god why didn't you save me he said i sent you a man in a rowboat i sent you a coast guard and i sent you somebody else i was trying to save you God can fix it all, but he's going to fix it in a way where he's going to send you the tools that you need. It's up to you to recognize that and use them. You can't just pray about it, pray about it, pray about it, and then poof, it's going to go away. Oh, I'm just happy today. I ain't depressed no more. What did you do to fix that? Mm. And I wish the black community saw therapy as a tool. One of the tools God said, you know, therapists didn't just come out the ads of nowhere. Okay. God has a hand in everything, and it's just frustrating that we don't see the tools. I think, I think, and that's my biggest problem with black people. Black people see God as a fucking cosmic Santa. Excuse yeah. me, excuse my vernacular. Yeah, you I use the f bomb and use God yeah, in the same right, sentence, but right in the same sentence, like right behind. You each know other. what I'm saying? I feel like I should scoot over. <laughs> but I just feel like black people do treat God in that way. Is yeah. God gonna fix it? God gonna fix it? God gonna fix it? No, like. No, they do it with health. You know, you don't want to take meds. You don't want to do certain things because God going to heal it. Why are the meds not something God sent? Why why are the doctors not a God sent? Why do you think God going to come right. down off his chair, come right next door to you and be like, all right, bitch, what you want me to touch? What you going to touch to him and his garment? He's not walking down the street no more. You can't touch to him <laughs> and his garment no more, sis. Oh. You got to take the help that he's trying to give you. You know what I'm saying? So what do you do? You prayed about it. You prayed about it. You prayed about it. You prayed. About it. What do you do when you feel like God it, it can't hear you? When 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 you feel like it's falling on deaf ears, what do you do? If I'm transparent, as a child, let's talk about. If, from, yeah, if that's what I was going to talk about. If I'm transparent, I grew up in the church. I was involved heavily in the church. Um, I had a ministry of my own where I went out and I helped the youth of my of my age and I talk to them because I've always been like the counseling friend 
Um, but you was helping these hoes. I be helping these hoes. You be helping these hoes. Be helping. Um, but nah, they got to a point where I was just so depressed, and I felt I felt like that. And for me, I began to cut myself. Um, bad, like real bad. I had cuts going all up both arms, and I would always wear like long sleeve shirts. But one time, I got caught. And my my parents' response to that. Now I'm cutting myself at this point. I'm putting my life in danger at this point. My parents' response to that is, we're going to take you to the pastor. You're going to talk to the pastor. Who is not a trained professional. The fuck? Even more so than that. Sis, you got to be about crazy as hell if you think I'm finna go up in here and talk to Willie F. about <laughs> the, you done lo- you crazier than me. <laughs> hell, motherfucking now. I'm going to go up here and he's going to talk to me. Well, what you been doing? What's this about? Well, pastor, in my science class, they said that when you injure yourself, your skin cells is going to reproduce. So what this really was, was an educational experiment. Trial and error. You know, I was just trying to see if the teacher was telling the truth or if this was bull. That's it. <laughs> like, I ain't finna go talk to this. What? What? Get me some help I can use. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's, it's wild, you church going folk, which I am not one of, but prayers is. While y'all believe that, you know, you can just go to church and, and prayers isn't even like this. You can just go to church and shit be fixed. It can't. And I remember when I felt like God could no longer hear me. When I felt like God could no longer hear me, I stopped talking. Yep. And shit just got darker and darker and darker. And not only did I stop talking to him, I stopped talking to anybody. Yep. And then I started talking to myself. Yep. And when you are in danger like that mentally you talking to yourself is the worst motherfucker to talk to that's the fucking blind leading the blind i learned that myself gives me the worst fucking advice all of yourselves all all 24 well it's one of them that's kind of good but she she be missing in action someday she'll be on vacation no that bitch needs to stop taking vacations <laughs> who she thinks she is she, she be must be leave. a household <laughs> that's a housewife like nah but that that's true and for a long time i was in that place um, where I, I stopped talking to God, I stopped going to church and I got to a really, really dark place and nobody around me ever noticed it because I have mastered there's not, I, I, I swear to you, there's not a person on this earth who has mastered putting on a smile when ain't nothing right. Like I had, I mean, when I tell you, I be cheery and jolly as hell and be depressed. I've like the whole month of June, I got no sleep had the end of May. All of June, I got no sleep. Um, on my 25th birthday this year, I thought about attempting suicide. I was in the darkest place in my life this year. I'd have beat your ass <laughs> in your casket. I would have beat you back to life. My mama told like me Like a black aunt. I would have beat your ass back to life. I would have brought you back to life just to kill your motherfucking ass myself so you can go to heaven. Because you can't go to heaven on suicide, apparently. That's facts. That's so what I would have brought you back to life, murder your ass just so you can go to heaven. No, but the the funny thing about that is nobody knew. No, nobody knew. And it's like, I wasn't talking to nobody. And when you get into that place, that's dangerous. Because eventually you're going to get to a place where you feel like you have nothing to lose. And baby. That's dangerous as fuck. That's dangerous as fuck. Because at that point, I ain't give a fuck about myself. I ain't give a fuck about nobody else. Not even me. And what I, what I, what I can say is the church that I found now 
it has given me some type of fulfillment and feeling like I can get back to Christ. I recognized at that point was when I recognized how far I had fallen. And it going back to church got me to a place where I could recognize the help that was around me that God was trying to offer, but I felt like I couldn't see. Mm. That's real shit. Question. Answer. My my favorite dyke. Did you ever feel depressed about your sexuality? Child, listen. I feel depressed about a lot of things. But you love these hoes. (laughs) (laughs) I be sad about a lot. I be sad about a lot. I never felt depressed about my sexuality in itself. Not to the point where I felt like, you know, I don't want to do this. I felt depressed about the way I was treated because of my sexuality. But it ain't make me change my sex. It ain't going to make me change my sex. Right? This just is what it is. I hate that I'm treated this way. It hurts. But, shit, I'm still going to go holler at Keisha. Not Keisha. <laughs> Keisha, is that you? Aw. Yeah, I never felt that way either. I never, I was never depressed about my sexuality. I was actually excited when I felt comfortable enough to stand in my truth. Yep. I never was I was never depressed about it. Even before when I was afraid to stand in my truth, I still was not depressed about the shits. I was still with the shits because I was like, you know what? Bitches be bomb. Yeah, that's one thing. That 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 ain't never been a problem. You know what I'm saying? I never, thank God, I never felt that way about myself. My shit was other shit. Like, other shit. Like, dealing with rape, dealing with um, parents not hearing you. Dealing with shit like that was my struggle. Dealing with feeling unwanted. You know, um, that was my struggle, but I was never, never sad about the bitches. I don't think I was able to. I felt like, let me shut up. No, player. No, we family. That was like the light of my life when mm. I was younger. Because I, I was like, I was like, I had in different area codes, straight up. Like, and when everything else was wrong, that was right. Yeah, (laughs) like if i'm being real like that's one thing i've never questioned like i've known it i've always known that that my sexuality was my sexuality i've always known that i was a lesbian um and i've always i've always stood firm in that that was one thing that could never be taken away from me Mm -hmm. and i i love that i was that way because that was the thing i the the only thing i felt like i had any type of control over when everything was going to shit these hoes Man, mm, these house. I gotta say in that. Mm. <laughs> shut up. You hear what I said, church? I said, shut up. In my bones. In my bones. All right, y'all. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. We play the game, but the love turned pain. This shit worst thing. I put the blame on you, you put it back on me, but what we failed to see, that this was never meant to be now. Alright, so welcome back, um, I hope y'all went and took your little quick pee break or whatever, you had 30 seconds to go pee. So, um, <laughs> yeah, she regulating piss. <laughs> Yes. So, uh, we're going to talk about PTSD and black America as a whole. Okay. So explain that. 
go in more detail. So I feel like black America has PTSD. And yep, that was my phone. Even though we're not supposed to have our phones. And she be down my back. Let my phone even buzz. (laughs) But uh, so PTSD in black black America. um, I think we as a whole have a PTSD from slavery. I think we have PTSD from civil rights movement. I think we have even PTSD to the fact that we see so many killings and misjustice of black people in America. We so fucking numb to it now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it comes and it goes like, and little do we know we feel that shit you know what i'm saying so let me ask you you said one of those things you said slavery you said civil rights movement what do you say to the person that's like well that happened so long ago how y'all got ptsd y'all wasn't even there for that what do you say to that person well it's still reminiscent it's an ignorant ass statement because it's still reminiscent in our families number one is the main subject of in slavery they separated black families they separated Mm. the fathers they sent the fathers to different plantations so we start with families uh growing up without fathers and we have uh mothers children being ripped from ripped from them from birth um and so so we don't our idea of family although we have a strong sense of family black people have always had to create family because Mm. the access to our born family is so fucked up from slavery see that that statement is so funny because people don't understand where the whole like it's a joke now people don't understand what oh that's my sis that's my that's bro my play we got so many play cousins and sis and bro we i don't even think we took the time to understand how that even started it's funny now it's it's a thing now it's popular now but you don't even understand where that came from yeah that came from your family being ripped apart, sold apart, or being murdered. And so you had to create um, a collective on the plantation just to survive. That camaraderie just to survive. A lot of um, black spirituals, a lot of, you know, even down to how we eat our food is from slavery. You know, just the idea of having to survive it even comes from slavery. You know what I mean? The fact that we have we have a lack of identity a lot of times. Even our last names, our last a lot of our last names are from our slave owners. Or when That's we were right. freed, we didn't have access to our original names, and so we had to make up our names. That's right. So even then, it becomes hard to track family because you know you don't have access to the family tree it's it's a lot of work it's a lot of hard work so i think that we don't the PTSD. I, I don't think people understand how just because that stuff happened there happened then that pain has been transferred down in generations and generations that that those mindsets have been transferred down those um processes have been transferred down even down to the what happens in the house stays in the house mindset even down to the, like I said, having all the play cousins. Even down to the, listen, you can't cry. You can't show weakness. They couldn't do that then. Though Those are really things that they couldn't do, but they passed that down to their children. And then their children passed it down to their to their children's children's children and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a stress. And I think white privilege is the privilege of saying shit to black people like, but that was so long ago. You wasn't even there. I wasn't there, but I could still feel it creeping up behind me. And that just, that kind of goes back to why I feel like when we were talking about 
therapist and having to find somebody that can relate to you. It's things like that because somebody who is not black, you can't understand that mindset. You can't understand how that was embedded in me from a child. Yep. Not, and not, not on purpose, subconsciously it was embedded in me. Right. And that's, those are our generational curses, so to speak, that have not been broken in a lot of black families. Right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't even think they're viewed as, as generational curses. It's viewed as normal at this point. Right. And that is a part of PTSD. That is a part of it. That's a part of the day-to-day struggle of black families and black America. You know, we're numb to losing our children and losing our fathers and losing those things because we've been losing them for generations. You know what I mean? Somebody is going to say, well, no, we're not numb to it because, you know, we're outraged now. We got the Black Lives Matter movement. And I I do, I I feel that. But when we say numb to it, understand that just because we're numb to it does not mean we're not upset. We're numb to it in a sense of we're not surprised. Right. When it happens. Right. We're, We're not surprised that. A young boy gets get a young black boy gets killed by a white cop and the young and the cop goes away with paid leave. Paid leave. We're not surprised that when they go to court they get a slap on the wrist if that and keep we're not job. surprised. Because we're upset, but we're not surprised, and that's a problem. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So moving forward and dealing with the fact that we're not surprised anymore, do you feel like black America has suffered from a lack of a diagnosis? Yes, I don't because I, I genuinely don't believe there is a. Um, I don't think the problem has been identified. I don't. I don't even think that most black people even understand that there is a problem. Right. Honestly, it's so it, because it's so normal now, it, and it, it really is that we don't even realize that just because we've made it normal doesn't mean it's actually normal. Just because we say it's normal to help us feel better doesn't mean that that's actually supposed to be normal. Yeah. I think that, um, it's, I think it's not only a lack of diagnosis. I think it's a lack of history. Um, yeah, a, a lot of, of education, our, a lack of education. Our families don't first off start now. Our families don't teach us about who we are because they don't, they know. don't know who we are and then you deal with the schools don't teach us about our history and the moments of history everybody know about dr king rosa they know we were slaves and they know juneteenth happened around somebody's team everybody don't even know juneteenth oh um. juneteenth isn't taught in a lot of schools Oh, shit. I wasn't taught Juneteenth in school. I learned Juneteenth because I come from a black ass family. Oh. We went to a black ass church that celebrated Kwanzaa and Christmas. Yes, Kwanzaa. <laughs> like and and, and uh, uh, Hanukkah. You said Hanukkah is for, for not for us. Listen, you were celebrating Hanukkah though. If it if it ended dreidel, dreidel? In, if it ended in uh, I think we were celebrating. <laughs> Nigga, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. <laughs> Oh. Get your ass beat up. <laughs> <laughs> All of that. Oh man, no, I I think I think we need to take a day. I think Juneteenth should be a national day where niggas go get therapy. I think it's a day where therapy should be free to all niggas on Juneteenth because we damn sure ain't get our reparations. Shit. Who was I talking to? I was told, I was at work. Oh my god, I was at work, and this white girl was crying about what. Mm, white people stuff and 
I had showed no sympathy. Like I didn't feel nothing, nothing. And I thought something was wrong with me, but you know what? I can't white tears. Don't move me. I was telling my, my manager was like, here, you didn't feel nothing. I was like, I can't feel nothing for white tears until we get our reparations. <laughs> I'm Where's sorry. my 40 acres until in the Until I mule. get my 40 acres in the mule, baby. I can't cry for, I can't cry for white tears. You I can't can feel the mule for white at this tears. Point, actually. Right. I don't need the mule. Just, just give, give me, me the 40 acres. I could sell that. Hell yeah. You like, let me flip that. You but I can't, I think it's so much that's been done. I can't cry for white tears. I'm too busy crying for our black sons and our black fathers and our brothers and our uncles. I'm too busy crying for that to be crying for white tears. No, 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 no. Can't muster it up. Just can't muster it up. And I, you know, I'm just so, I hate that I'm so desensitized. To, even though they're white, they're still humans. And I, I hate that I'm so desensitized to their emotions. I don't even want to say it's a matter of being desensitized. I would love, I would love to feel for you. But I'm wore out. I have no more room to feel for anything else. I'm wore the hell out. Mm, Honestly, like like you said, we got we got men, women, boys, and girls being taken away from us for nothing. We've been harassed by people for for trying to sell water and having cookouts. We got a president who just sided with goddamn Russia over his own damn country. I ain't got no i can't be listen i'm wore out i'm tired truth is i'm tired i'm tired boss options are few but y'all voted trump mm, great and so now it's rude <laughs> <laughs> but um i think now with us being so you know where we are we're starting to self-medicate I mean, we've been self-medicating. Shot I self-medicated a few moments ago. Oh, Lord. I think, I think a new, I mean, we've been smoking, we've been drinking. I think a new way of self-medicating is social media. Yes. I feel like social media has taken the place of therapy and, and licensed professionals. I think the minute we feel something, we pick up our phone and we're like, all on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Tumblr. And the older generation can't understand it. Can't I'm understand just everything. it. Y'all put everything on the internet. Well, she, we can't come talk to y'all. The- exactly. We can't come talk to y'all. So I feel like um, the reason that is the case is because we've used social media as a silent cry for help. For mm-hmm. several reasons. One of which, man, you have a bunch of people who, the majority of them you don't know. Mm-hmm. So you feel less judged. Yep. You always feel a little... um more comfortable talking to strangers than you do your own family. You ain't never got to talk to them again. You know what I'm saying? They, they're not going to judge you. Um, and then on another thing is, if they judge you, you don't give a, fuck. you don't give a fuck. Right. And then I feel like another part of it is you don't always know how to initiate the conversation with somebody. So I'm going to put all of this out here in hopes that maybe somebody pays attention and will initiate the conversation with me. Right. I'm guilty of that. I've done that before. Mm. I think we all have at some point or another. Yeah, we do. Check the songs I post. I be, I be. Oh, bitch, bitch. Yes. Let me post a screenshot of what the fuck I'm listening to. Move, But um, even then, we have kids that kill, kill themselves on social media. Everything, everything, every fucking thing. That shit is aggravating as fuck. And 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 I hate that social media people who aren't licensed to help us, people who not really are friends. We don't know them. Take the place of someone we can actually sit down in front of and talk to you know what I'm saying? because that isn't that isn't promoted in our community it's not promoted to go and sit down and talk to somebody it's not promoted to 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 go and get help 
And that's why. And that's why this, this cry for help is because we're not taught how to talk about our emotions. I'll be the first to say I'm terrible at expressing myself emotionally. Like when something is wrong with me, I can't tell anybody else about it because nine times out of 10, I can't understand it for myself. I don't know how to understand my own emotions. Mm. And I feel crazy saying that sometimes, but it's true. I really don't. Mm. What do you think about the idea that, cause we were talking about it earlier and I said, we want to circle back to it. Black people, that we have to, we we deal more with surviving than we do with healing. You know what I mean? That's like we what we survive without healing. That's what we're taught. You taught like when you when. This goes back to what I said earlier. When I'm going through anything, nobody in the world will ever know. Even in churches, even in church, you have been to church and you heard them say, you know, thank God I don't look like what I've been through. Why you feel like you have to hide what you're going through? That's the thing. We're taught that. And not only are we taught that, we're also taught to be proud of that. That's something to be proud of that, you know, you, you can you can hide what it is you're going through. You're a strong person. If you can go through hell and you don't have to, nobody has to know, that makes you strong. But here's the thing about that. When you do that, you put yourself in a prison, in isolation, by yourself, with nobody to talk to. And you're going through all of these things. And the only person that knows is you. Eventually, that shit will kill you. Which is why we need to heal. Diseases are, are caused by stress. Like, that shit will literally kill you. But mm. that comes from the survival mindset. Because if you don't, if you're not like that, and people see that you have this weakness, they're going to take advantage of that. And, like, so you got to survive. You can't worry about healing right now. You got to worry about surviving. But that's the problem is... If you get sick and you survive the sickness, but you're not healed, where where the sickness go? Exactly, it's still there. So you're exactly. still sick. It's just not showing up. You just it covered healed. it up. You just covered it you up. Treated it. Right. You treated it. But it ain't healed. So it's just all it's gonna do is show right the fuck back up when you don't need it to, when you least expect it. Like a bitch, you ain't put on black. Oh shit! Sorry, I went, I went to a place. You did, you did. You want to come back? On back? I'm See, you talk about yeah. me escalating, and that'd be your motherfucking My ass. Bad. Sorry. No, mm-hmm. yeah. So now that we've talked about this, and we've talked about healing, and we talked about needing therapy and the importance of therapy, and and how Black America as a whole has so much to work through. What do you plan to teach your children? How do you plan to change the the generational you know track of pain? How do you plan to alter? I think counseling is going to be very big in my household, not only individual therapy for my children, but I also believe in family counseling as well. Um, so I, that's, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be deep. Um, I, I really plan on having like a, a open communication dial. I want my, I want to know how to be able to talk to my kids in a way where they will feel comfortable coming to me. But I also want them to know that they can feel comfortable if they feel like they need to go to someone else as well. Right. That's I'm, not, it's, that's not bad. I'm the same way. I want my kids to have the experience that I had where my aunt wanted me to have an unbiased opinion, um, in the mental mania that was going on in my head. I need my children to be okay with not being okay with coming to me. You don't have to not come to me, but you got to go to someone. Yep. That's not your age. (laughs) 
that can help you. I agree. Oh, therapy agree. will be mandatory. I would love for you to feel comfortable talking to me, but until you get to a point where you can feel like you're comfortable, just talk to somebody. Somebody. So just you encourage that. I feel like my kids will probably go to therapy more often than they'll go to church. No, my kids are definitely going to be brought up in the church. They're going to be brought up. My kids are going to have the understanding of both, and I will give them the free will to choose what they feel is best for them. Oh, no. See, I don't. Right now, at the age where I'm at, I don't find church. I think the stories are good helping you grow up and helping you make decisions because whether you want to admit it or not, a lot of those decisions are in the back of your head growing up when you do things. It helps to guide you, but like, I don't think church is necessarily mad i think therapy is more mandatory than church but that's just me coming from my opinion so i know my kids will go to therapy once a week versus if they miss church a week or five fine oh yeah a week or five. quickly but if they <laughs> they won't miss a therapy session because you need to talk i agree you know what i'm I saying that's i mean i agree that they i agree that therapy is mandatory i, I don't feel i've I don't see myself running no ship as tightly as like how my parents did when it come to church, but I do want my children to be grounded spiritually. And sometimes I don't even always mean going to church. You know what I'm saying? I'm a firm believer. The Bible said, y'all hear that big quote now. The Bible, Bible saying. So you, they can't say because Christians like to say that this ain't true stuff ain't true, but I'm quoting the Bible. The Bible say <laughs> with two or three meet in his name. So, if you want to meet with your sister in his name, we'll call that church. <laughs> well, that is too, bitch. Okay. It's okay. like, you know, it's, I don't feel like going to churches where you, churches where you make it. Mm-hmm. Churches and always. It's great to be in the building. I do feel like there's nothing like being in the spirit. Sometimes you do need to be in the spirit at the building amongst that energy. But I also feel like you can have church in the privacy of your own home as well. Absolutely. I'm a firm believer of that. Absolutely. All right, y'all, we're going to take our last break. And when we come back, I'm going to harass Prez just a little bit. Oh, hell. Just a little light, light. I was hoping she'd forget. Nah, ho. All right, y'all, we'll be back. Wishing you could forget my name. Us being friends may never again be us again. Love of my life, you are my friend. All right, so we're back. And so the question I'm going to ask, <laughs> pray, it's personal. It's personal. And off topic. Wait, hold up. <laughs> All right, I might decline to answer. You ain't going to decline shit. I'm listening. Okay. So you're on this new kick, right? Where you're keeping your dick in your pants for a little while. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So, Perez has decided to be celibate Susie instead of Southeast Susie. Or are you always Southeast Susie? Oh, I'm always Southeast Okay, well, Southeast Susie is now celibate Southeast Susie. <laughs> and so, I guess the question is, one, what made you decide to keep your dick in your pants uh, for now? And two, what are you expecting to gain from it? <laughs> Y'all know that Missy Elliott song? I'm going to switch the words up a little bit, but use a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
right, so here's what had happened. See what had happened was I was um not in a relationship. I was not talking to anybody. I was working on my spiritual relationship and I was working on my just myself in general trying to get myself focused and get myself back on track overall as a person and i said that i was going to cut out casual sex for a while in my life and i was not going to have sex with anyone until i was in um a relationship or until i found not until i was in a relationship but until i found the person that i felt like was for me so i didn't want to have sex with anybody until i felt like i found my person um Hmm. so at that time, I also was not looking for my person. I was literally just, I was going to be single. I was going to focus on myself. I just wanted to live my best single-ass life. I'm living my best life. <laughs> living my best life. And then um, I, I met this wonderful young lady. Peaches is what we call her. <laughs> for that ass. For that ass. Uh, that's not her name, guys. That's just a code name. But, um... Yeah, Peaches is what we call her. And she came in my life at a time when I wasn't looking for anything. And we clicked immediately. We clicked. And she was somebody I vibe with. She was somebody I could talk to. And she was just this amazing person. Naturally, as we grew very close to each other, the sexual tension grew too. Jesus, did it grow? Did it grow? Did it grow? Did it grow? Like the beanstalk. (laughs) Um, But then we also both decided that we didn't want to bring sex into it right away because sex clouds your judgment especially when you're getting to know somebody when the sex is good you start overlooking shit that you don't that don't need to be overlooked you can't see everything with a clear mind so i didn't want i'm not gonna lie to you me personally i was ready to throw the whole celibacy thing out the window i was (laughs) like fuck this you gonna give me some like stop don't play that sound a little rapey and she was like no first she was like no because i don't want you to stop your celibacy thing i don't want to be the cause don't worry about it it's cool it's all right i'm at peace we can do this and she was like no you know i feel like that's gonna cloud things i want us to get to know each other without any barriers or anything in the way mm-hmm. so we said for the first um the first little bit we we not having sex and it is one of the most difficult things i have ever done and we have not had sex and i feel like i'm proud of myself but i don't know if i'm gonna make it to the deadline bitch you're gonna combust and into i don't know if i'm gonna make it never would have made it because <laughs> i be seeing her sometimes and she be just doing stuff just i just that bitch just be walking you just horny <laughs> but when she, it's like when she walked now she put an extra switch to the left or something like <laughs> ew <laughs> that's so gay ass oh, it'd be different that's cause her booty jiggling and you horny and they be jiggling they be jiggling that peach is funny ass I'm sorry ooh ooh <laughs> whoa 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 <laughs> Yeah, so that's how we got on this journey, and that's how I'm in this fucked up predicament. Bitch, constipated as fuck. Sexually just constipated. She, <laughs> I be out here ready to risk it all. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. Ah, poor baby. But, I mean, I, at the same time, I do, appre- as difficult it is, as it is, I appreciate us taking the time to get to know each other without any distractions. And I feel like it has played a major part 
in our relationship and where we are and how we're growing. And I mean, it sucks, but. And don't go looking for peaches because we're not taking peaches or pookie. And nothing. And nothing. And nothing. Not a goddamn thing. I don't care if I put the picture of her hand. Oh, you're going to see it's them nails. Some cuticles. And that's it. And that's it. <laughs> and if she comment, which she probably will, I'm going to delete the comment because if you follow her, I'm going to whoop your motherfucking ass. That's the lack of sex talking. Y'all have to excuse her. <laughs> she don't want it. I'm a little aggressive. Ooh, shit. All right, Prez, tell them where they can find us, bruh. Y'all already know. Y'all can find us on Instagram at The Wind Up Podcast. You can also send us emails at thewindupodcast at gmail.com. Again, please send us your topics that you would love to hear us talk about. If you're going through things, if you want to know our opinion on things, if you just want to tell us how much you love us, anything, Send us an email. Let us know. For everybody that has sent us emails, one girl, yo, our homie Marilyn. Shout out to Marilyn real quick because I asked a question a, a few episodes ago and Marilyn actually responded to it. The rest of y'all hoes didn't, but that's cool. Um, <laughs> but, you know, no, seriously, send us emails. Everybody that's been showing us love, we want y'all to know that we appreciate y'all. Um, thank y'all for listening. Continue to listening. And last but not least, send us nudes. No? Please send. Was that? Yes. Did you say news? Nudes. Baby, I didn't ask for no news. I want you to take into account that that was Kiara's voice and not mine. <laughs> I didn't ask for no nudes. Okay? Just I want you to hit the tone of my voice. So Block you your face out. You can know the difference because I don't want no nudes. No nudes, baby. I just I don't want none. I'm celibate. <laughs> my bad. So where we at, Prez? You know where we at. What it is, yo, it's all love. This is the wind up. Felt like a self-free love. Yeah. But this shit didn't, this shit didn't clear. Nobody's perfect. Not all girls are worth it. Not all guys are worth it. Sometimes you gotta scratch the surface, hey Everybody loves a good love song Everybody loves a good love song But I just wish Cupid leave a nigga alone hey. Somebody tell her to leave me alone Leave me alone See I'm alright As long as I got me, I'll be alright the day I die, leave me alone.